Welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode, we'll bring you stories of quilters who have the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today, you'll hear their stories. So we'll give people a couple minutes to come in, and I'm going to try to give a couple reminders throughout, uh, just to let people know that if they have questions, they can ask them in the chat down at the bottom, and we'll do our best to answer those in the middle or at the end, but but just ask those questions. Um, this is... Um, this is Quilting Business Success. I am uh, Andrew and uh, my trusty co-host, Bobby. I'm Bobby in tech support. And we are interviewing Cindy Carey today. Um, this uh, webinar and podcast uh, is the purpose of it. Oh, hang on. Shandy, you're back in. You meant to go out. <laughs> that is Shandy's beautiful log cabin in the background. She didn't mean to come in. She does a cameo once in a while. <laughs> the purpose of our webinar and our um, and our podcast is to tell the stories of people who've built successful quilting businesses. And our hope is that by listening to these stories, people can maybe get some ideas about how to improve their business that they're running. And people who are thinking about coming into the long-arm quilting business can get some real from the trenches um, stories so they have a realistic idea of what they can expect when they embark on this journey. So Cindy, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks appreciate for it. Yes. We have Cindy Carey joining us today. And I will say again that uh, if you didn't hear before, uh, we have a uh, uh, chat button down at the bottom of your screen and um if you come up with a question as we are going, go ahead and put it in that chat and we'll look at it later on. Okay, so let's get started with the basics. Uh, Cindy, where where do you call home? <laughs> I call home Lincoln University, Pennsylvania, which I've never heard of until I moved here. It's a, it's a rural area. I am about, uh, about an hour south of Philly, about 40 minutes uh, away from Lancaster. I'm also near the Delaware and Maryland state lines. I'm about 15 minutes away from each of those. So the very, very bottom southeast corner of PA. So when you say rural, does that mean that people have to go on a gravel road to get to your home or? No, they're not gravel, but they're country roads with like no shoulders and up and down windy roads. It's really very pretty. Lots of greenery, hills, and not much traffic. And are you native to this part of the country? Um, I call my hometown is Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So that's Northeast. So you're a Pennsylvanian. I am. I did I had, did a little stint in Delaware for a number of years. Uh, graduated from University of Delaware. And I uh, picked up my husband there too. Mm. Well, cool. sounds yeah. like you brought a couple things back home with you. I did, yes. <laughs> sounds like you picked up a dozen eggs at the grocery store. Picked up the husband. No, he picks up the eggs at the grocery store. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you been long arm quilting? Um, I've been long arm quilting for 12 years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what made you decide to start doing that? I it for you know what for me it was just the natural progression of where my quilting was going. Um, I took my very first quilting class in 1998, and um, I had dabbled in different hobbies along the way, but when I had, after I took my first quilting class, I knew that was it. I was hooked, because I mm -hmm. just, I loved everything about it. So from there, I just took more classes and continued to grow, and uh I, you know, along the way, I changed a lot of my sewing machines and kept upgrading, you know, my piecing machines. And then when I was quilting my own quilts, um, I really enjoyed that. And then I upgraded to a, a Juki, which is, I just um, 
had um it had an extended throat throat space for me to mm -hmm. quilt on the domestic machine and after a while i just felt like i had um, exhausted what i could do on that machine i was freehanding loops and stars and um flowers different things and i just was struggling with my shoulders and my neck and i said you know what i think i need to upgrade here too so at that point that's when i was ready to uh, start looking into a long arm machine mm -hmm. i've heard dozens of people tell me the same thing that the weight of the quilt when they were moving the quilt under yeah. the machine uh, that it really was hard on their shoulders. So mm -hmm. when you first started the long arming, um, did you originally go into it to, uh, as a business or was it just a personal hobby? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I had um, a friend of mine, actually a friend that got me interested in quilting to start with. She also made the leap into a long arm machine. And she had done her research and she bought a gamel and she started with a freehand gamel. And within a year or two, she had added the Statler to it. So I um, took in her experience and started out with the Statler. Started out with that. My husband was involved with it. Of course, you know, the men love the computers and how, it's, how it works. So um, by the time we were going into the Statler, we decided that we wanted to have a business to help us pay for it. So that's so I'm, I'm curious, did you have to make any assurances or promises? Uh, I mean, you're, you've been spending a lot of money on quilting. You've been buying fabric, you've been buying <laughs> machines, you've been making all these beautiful quilts. Now you're talking about buying a very, very expensive piece of equipment. How did that conversation go? Because he's not here to speak for himself. I know I invited him, but he's a, mm, <laughs> he didn't want to come. So <laughs> I'm, I've all you got. So I get to tell my story. <laughs> uh, how did that happen? I don't know. He's just supportive. He just saw how much I love the quilting and we just, I don't know. We went for it. We went mm -hmm. for it. And to him, the Statler made sense, you know, regardless of what it cost. Um, the other thing, because we did plan on going into business after, you know, with the price of it, um, with the Statler, you can get up and running off the ground so much quicker. You don't need the time to practice your muscle memory when it comes to freehanding. You are so much, you are really set up much better to start into your business quicker. And, and one thing you said about that, that made me think about a, a lot of the people that we've interviewed on this podcast is they've taken the example from other people's quilting experience like like you did with your friend mm -hmm. and uh i think uh people who are watching this and and seeing you and some of the other people that we are able to interview may be able to you know take uh your example you know uh for them so would you recommend starting out big like you did when you went for your first gamble or or I, I, absolutely, I absolutely would, because you really can get up and running a lot sooner. The quality of your work is there from the get-go. Um, you do need to invest in yourself and learn how to use the machine. You know, that's, that's very, very important. But once you get some of those fundamentals down, the computer does such an amazing job. Your quality is there and people see it, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's really one of the best things you can do for yourself too, is put quality work out there. It matters and people notice that. Mm -hmm. That's true. <clears throat> um, so having started with a Statler, uh, do you have the same machine today or have you traded it in or upgraded or anything like that? Um, yes, I still have my original machine. I have the optimum that I got went for the 30 because um, you can get, you know, with, the more sewing space you can get in at a time, the quicker you can go through your work too. Mm -hmm, um, so I still have the original machine. I have the original Statler. Um, I did expand my business and I bought a second Statler in uh, 2019. So I now have two Statlers and they're both 30 inches. I wanted them to be the same, you know, so I, when I switched back and forth, <clears throat> I didn't have to think too much about it. I can just pick up and go between the both of them. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So when you were starting, how did you know there was going to be enough long-arm business in your area? I mean, it's rural, right? There's not a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did I know? I didn't really know. I really didn't. I just knew that I wanted that machine. I wanted the gamble. I was very aware of the high quality um, industrial made machine that it was. I knew it was going to last. I, I may be a little bit younger than most of the quilters that you know started out. And I wanted this machine to last. So really my decision was I'm getting a gamble. I'm getting the Statler and I'm going to make it work. Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like that was a risk at that time? I mean, Sure. Well, do I feel like it was a risk? I mean, yeah, but I knew it was just a matter of time. It was just a matter of time. You know, things are going to be slow. To uh oh, Cindy, did you may have muted yourself? I may have lost you. Well, oh, no, her, the connection's bad because now we've lost the video. Mm. Well, we'll give her, give her a minute and see if she restores yeah, her zooms. connection. I'm going to look at the questions real quick. Uh, ooh, there's a good one right there. <laughs> hey, uh, she's back. You froze up for just a moment there. Okay, you're back. Yeah, yeah. Did I freeze on your end? You froze Yeah, on you froze up a minute, but uh, you're back <laughs> now. So, Well, it may have been on our end, too. I just got a message that our internet connection is unstable, and I would see about getting it a psychologist but i don't know who to call it this time of night <laughs> we could use that couldn't we around here <laughs> so uh, what's the last thing you heard <laughs> well uh you were in the middle of a sentence the, you asked about the it was about the marketing research how much how yeah, did you yeah <laughs> he had asked you about uh customers at the beginning mm -hmm. and uh I was I was wanting to ask if you know how did it start out the customer flow has it grown over time a little bit about that yeah well I I did start off slow um <clears throat> not too long after I had started my business um I learned there was another uh long armor down the road from me she you know she was fairly close and we became friends um but I did I would say I had a slow start. So I would do some, you know, charity quilts and my own quilts. And I just focused on putting some of my work out there. I would show my quilts. Um, I was plugged into a, a guild here in my local area. I also plugged into a quilt shop and I joined one of her groups that met once a week. So, and I just got to know other quilters in my area. And getting into small groups in a guild is a really good way to get to know your quilters. You know, I also, actually, I also taught classes at that shop too. So that's another way to get to know them and they may finish a quilt top and they may need someone to, you know, to finish it for them. Mm -hmm. So I just kept, kept putting myself out there and showing my work and, and it just, it worked. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that from a few different people. If they've done some teaching, uh, that was a resource for them to gain new customers also. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of answers one of my questions I was going to ask, which is how did you find customers to grow your business? So we've got that one covered. Mm -hmm. Um, these next two are related. My question was going to be, uh, how did you come up with the money to buy your machine? And I got a question from, uh, one of our guests asking, how long did it take for a return on your investment? So those two are kind of related there. Okay. Um, I would have to say at this point, the, the first machine um, has been paid off. I have to be honest and say, I didn't keep really good track of the payments and such. Um, we did a home equity line um, to, to pay for the machine. So mm -hmm. yeah, but we yeah, made payments. We brought in more than what we paid for it. Mm-hmm. And then on the second machine, when you went to acquire that, um, how did you handle that? Yep. We went for a home equity line on that one also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're, we're still paying on the second one. Um, did you have another job 
in the middle of the quilting or are you a solo quilting and that's the only thing you do? No, I do. I still do have uh, my day job. Um, <clears throat> I have, uh, well, my husband and two children. And when my son was born, he's the older one. I went part-time at my day job. So, um, and then when they were both in um, like full-time school, I kept my part-time day job and that's when I got the long arm. So I added that when they were full-time in school and I do both part-time. So the long arming is evenings and weekends for me. So uh, if you had to say how many, about how many hours weekly would you say you put into the quilting? I'd say probably 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's very flexible too. It depends. I, you know, I put it in wherever it works for me. I could, you know, do a lot on the weekend or I could do a couple hours in the evening and have more weekend time to myself. So I vary that depending on whatever I need it to be. I wanted to ask another thing about the, when we were talking about the customer thing, mm -hmm. have you, uh, I know you did the educating and stuff like that. Um, have you done any active uh, advertising or uh, anything like that? No, I have not done any active advertising. Um, I do have a Facebook page <clears throat> for my business and I also have a website, um, but I don't pay for advertising. No. Mm -hmm. And are you, I mean, are you seeking to grow right now? Or are you kind of like you're in a, a good spot right now? I'm uh, very happy with where I am right now. I'm very happy. Um, I have my edge to edge work. I keep on the one machine. So that's running and the cost and I have the second machine for the custom work. So that works out really nice. So I can spend my time with the custom and keep the edge to edge going. We, we just received another question from Jean. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I believe I recognize her name. So I believe she already has a Statler, but her question was, do, would you talk about what it was that made you decide to get a second machine? Were you very backed up on your client quilts about how many and do you run two machines at once? There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot there. And there, there's a really good questions because those were things I had to think about before you, you know, put, put some more money out on another machine. And it's kind of a person, well, it, it really is a business question, but it also relates to the type of work that you want to do. Um, the edge to edge is great because you can get them in, get them out, and they're, you get your money in quicker. And the custom though, is it's always a challenge because they're all, they're all different. Each single one needs different attention here or there, a different block, different style. And I really enjoy the challenge of the custom work. Um, but when it custom came up in my queue, it took, you know, and hard to, hard to say how long it was going to be on there really, because they're so individual, but it would cause a backup in my edge to edge. And I was concerned with, um, knowing how much time the custom needs. Well, just knowing that it needs more time. Right. And I have a customer dropping off a quilt. Well, your quilt might not be ready for three or four months. You know, that that's hard. And I think that's hard for someone to leave an edge to edge with you. And really, I like the edge to edge, you know, but I enjoy the the challenge of the custom. But I had to come to a point where I was going to either have to stop taking the custom because it was causing a backlog or get a second machine. And that's what it boiled down to. And I had a supportive husband that said, get the second machine. So I said, yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK, we're she doing said, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because so I, what um uh what uh what ratio or percentage of uh, uh, edge to edge versus uh custom would you say you do? I, well, you know what, how I do my schedule because it's part time um for me this the long arming I schedule myself two edge to edge per week and I fit it in wherever throughout my week wherever I want to as long as I, as long as I finish two. And then I schedule one custom per month. So I give myself one month, you know, to finish a custom. And that works out really well for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how again, how much time I have to put into it as well. You know, right. bring everything else I'm doing. 
So uh, if somebody was to call you with the question uh, on an edge to edge, uh, if I dropped it off tonight, how long would I need to wait to get it back? What's your current backlog? I'm about eight weeks right now. Okay. It generally runs around eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And then my custom varies depending. I say it depends on when my next opening is. I just go look and see how many do I have in. Well, this month is your next opening. I just mm -hmm. do it like that. Mm -hmm. We just received a, another great question, and I hate to sit on it because <laughs> I want to ask it now, but it'll fit in better later. Um, it, if somebody was to call and ask about uh, what your rates are, how much is it going to cost to have a quilt done? What what would be your relatively succinct answer? Uh, well, my edge, you mean my edge to edge price kind of, or just a... Well, what if somebody didn't know what you had to offer and they're just like, well, I just done my first quilt. It's a queen size quilt. I need to have it quilted. Okay. queen A queen size quilt for me would be in the neighborhood of $200. Mm -hmm. for an edge, edge to edge mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good size quilt I mean that's assuming like an um 90 by 100 mm -hmm. like you charge size. by the inch I charge um for the square inch yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, I do, um I also have a thread charge that's just a flat fee of five dollars per quilt mm -hmm. and what if she said well I think I might want to have it custom <clears throat> Uh, she can have it custom, but I do not quote a quote a price on a custom unless I see the quilt in person and we discuss how much detail work that they want because I need to know what I'm getting into before I can give a price on that. But my, you know, but they start at 0.04 and they go up from there. Mm -hmm. And most of them are not at 0.04, <laughs> but that's where they could start. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um. Do you have any other supplies or services that you offer, like uh, selling them the batting or offering to bind the quilt or uh, yeah. piecing a t-shirt top? Um, I do. I keep batting in stock. Um, I have Hobbs 8020 in natural and white and black. And I uh, keep Quilter's Dream Wool on hand, too, because a lot of the custom work, the, the wool, wool is nice in that. Um, I do have a binding service. You can bring me yardage and I will make and attach your binding. You can make bring your binding already done and I'll attach it for you. Um, I will not hand stitch, hand stitch your binding for you, but I have a, a partner who will. So I will send it to her and she will hand stitch the binding for you. So that can be completed also. I do have a, a customer that brought me a label. I will hand stitch her label on. <laughs> That's small enough for me to do. <laughs> um, what else? I could piece the backing for you. Um, I also have two um, bolts of backing fabric that I keep in stock, just you know, just in case. Because sometimes, sometimes a customer will bring a backing and it's too small, or or this or that or whatever. So I keep two on hand, like just in case. Mm -hmm. And I do quilt repair if needed. Mm -hmm. What was the hardest part of growing your business? What was the hardest part? I think probably the hardest part was really the beginning. I was a little bit, um, like I said, it was slow, slow going in the beginning. So I was a little discouraged. It did take a while to get, to get regular, I'm going to say. I might have a quilt in and it might be a while for the next one in the beginning, but I just... I just kept at it and plugged myself in and, and didn't give up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a good place for a, one of the questions, the one we got earlier. She asks, how difficult or easy was it to learn to operate the machine? How many classes did you take before you were comfortable? Oh, say the first part again. What was it? How long? How, how difficult or easy was it to learn to operate the machine? How difficult or easy was it? Huh. Now I, you would have started I, with an older software, right? I think I was, I think it was CS3 when I started. Okay. Yeah. Great to studio. That's old. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. And all the upgrades along the way have been fantastic. And CS7 is amazing. I love the cloud. 
especially having two machines. I can buy the pattern on my laptop and boom, I got them both on my, both of my machines. I love that. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, so but what it, was it like learning, trying to, trying to learn how to use it? Trying at the beginning? Started, you know what? You just have to, um, I think you just need to be dedicated and give yourself some time in the beginning because when you're quilting on your regular domestic machine and you switch over to a long arm, you're kind of really doing things in reverse. Like you're not basting from the inside and going out. You're basting around the outside. You're moving the machine over the quilt instead of uh, moving the quilt underneath the needle on the other one. Um, so just, you need to give yourself some time and learn it in chunks if you need to, because it's hard to take everything in at one time but just stick with it and take advantage of all the training that you possibly can. I had training from my dealer uh, when they you know, delivered and set up my machine. I also went to their shop and I took additional training for a weekend. Um, and then I was practicing on my own with some edge to edge. And then um, when there was uh, gamel conferences available, I went to the conference, I went away, I took classes and then because I had my day job still, I took time off um, from my day job when I came home from those seminars and gave myself time to practice what I learned. So I don't think it's hard. I just think you need to plug in and stick at it and take, you know, break it down into smaller pieces and make sure you have this piece before you move on, just get a good foundation. I, I had a I had a lady not very long ago that I was speaking with, and she said she had received her Statler uh, just a couple months earlier, and um, she said, I wish that somebody would have told me how easy it was to learn the software and to run the machine, because she had looked on the website, and mm -hmm. she had seen the conferences, the cruises, the uh, Quilting with Confidence events, all the classes that you can order on the website and all the YouTube videos. And because of all these resources, she had kind of internally made a connection to where she was thinking it was going to be really hard to learn all this stuff. But then when she ordered her machine and she got into our new owner training portal, which is only available for people who order a machine, uh, the videos in there have an average length of four minutes. There are hundreds of them. They're organized systematically. And um, when we deliver somebody's machine, they're doing their first edge to edge quilt at the time we leave. And yeah. in the first week, they can have yeah. several quilts done. And yes, you will spend 10 years learning how to use every last feature because there's so much it'll do. Yeah. Yeah, But she had somehow thought that it would be this big learning curve to get her first quilts out the door. Mm -mm. Right. And that, that new owner training that comes with a new machine, new retrofit, um, that's something that was not around when you started out. And right. uh, it's so, yeah, it, I, I have received so much feedback from people about the new owner training, how, incredibly beneficial it is you anything you need to know to find out how to do there's a video for it in that new owner training mm -hmm. so um let's see going back to my questions because it's easy to get off you're easy to talk to cindy i think oh maybe it's because right. 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 maybe it's just because i like to talk <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a little of both there yeah so uh, would you would you be willing to share with people uh, what you've done in terms of of earning or revenue in your worst year and in your best year? Yeah, actually, I, re I researched that question because <laughs> I, I I thought it might come up. So my worst year was my first year that I had mentioned, and well, and you know what though, I I don't it didn't start in January though, so it really wasn't a complete year, but it was. What year? What year was that? That was twenty. Um, twenty. Oh, see, I bought the machine in twenty. It was twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Okay. Hold on, I wrote it down. Well, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. That's okay. Uh. Seven hundred fifty-three dollars. Mm. Now I didn't. I don't. I didn't count how many quilts that was, 
but that was the money that I brought in. But also in that time, don't forget, I was learning. I was working on my own quilts and I also did charity quilts as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you had a day job. And you, and I had a day job. And you know what? One of, well, no, it actually was the following year. The following year was one of, one of my, I call it my breakthrough quilts. It was a custom quilt that I made and it just got a lot of attention. So, you know, when you have time to work on your own quilts, there's a benefit to that too. Mm -hmm. And she's hanging up in my studio. Mm -hmm. Love it. So how about your, your best year? Cause that, that was your worst. That was my worst. My best year was, was 2020, uh, mm -hmm. 16, $16,941. Mm -hmm. I think everybody has told us that 2020 was their 2020, best year. Cause quilting yeah. is a good stay at home activity. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes. So that was a good year. And the other years were pretty good after that too, but that was the best one. Yeah. Uh, what is one change in technology that makes it easier today than than when you started? One change in technology. I think the the videos that are out there, and you kind of mentioned to them, you mentioned that earlier. Um, I haven't seen the training videos, but there's other lots of you know YouTube videos out there to help with any anything you need really. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and even the the gamble maintenance videos are out there. You're you're working at midnight, and you have a problem you can find the answer and i am a late night person so that would be me looking something up at yeah midnight. yeah gamble.com is loaded with resources like that yeah mm -hmm. so uh who was your biggest cheerleader what was your support system oh i would actually that first year <laughs> that first year definitely my husband i knew the answer to that one he bought yeah. her a second machine I know, right? He's gosh, he should have came. He should have came. He's upstairs. I'll tell him later. <laughs> yeah, my studio is in the basement, so he's upstairs. But uh, I would definitely my husband was my biggest fan. And then after I got plugged in and got to know uh, some more quilters, I made some really good friends, and they they've joined the team too. And they they, you know, I quilt for them. They show my work, and they refer others to me too. So they're also a big part of my team. And do you think that network of uh, of quilting friends has uh, enhanced your business, your ability, and you know your drive, maybe? All all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. We call it well. Yeah, they've definitely helped my long arming and networking. You know, because the word as I've seen it come up in our videos before, word of mouth is huge in this business. Huge. Mm -hmm, yes. So they've really helped with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. push each other well, to, to grow in different ways you know we call it we call it positive peer pressure <laughs> like yes. try quilting technique try this try that hey let's take this class okay you know it's, it's just great mm -hmm. so that's that's really speaking to the personal impact that it makes in your life to have these other friends that wouldn't wouldn't have been in your life if it wasn't for this Yes, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're where they are there for you in more ways than just quilting, you know, at, at this point. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what kind of impact has the money from quilting and the control over your personal schedule made in your life? Well, you still have a day job. <laughs> you I can still, still try to answer. Job, but this is my fun job. Ah. <laughs> This is my fun job and I make money doing it. Um, I actually, I bought a new car last year and this business has made my car payment every year since I, I mean, excuse me, every month since I've had it. And we also bought new furniture for the living room and I've paid that off with my quilting business too. And then we bought another set of furniture that I'm starting to pay on now. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting some really nice things out of it, you mm -hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What is something that you wish someone would have told you when you were first getting started? <clears throat> you know what, you know what, one of the things that I think I had, a, I had a miss on that I would tell somebody starting new today. <clears throat> well, because I knew I wanted to have a website because I was having a business. And um, if, 
before you come up with your website or before you come up with the name for your business, Google it. Whatever you think you want to name your business, Google it. Because mm -hmm. I wanted to be, I wanted to be North Star Quilting because I, well, I have my reasons, many, but I wanted to be North Star Quilting. Well, guess what? North NorthStarQuilting.com was already taken. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, oh no, now what do I do? And your business name should match your .com, it right? Should. People are gonna find you. So, um, so I had to come up with something else. And my husband said, well, how about North Star Long Arm Quilting? Well, yeah, that's what I'm doing. It works, but boy, it's a mouthful. It is. <laughs> probably should have googled it first i don't know what i would have done but that's some good advice google it first and then you know mm -hmm. see what you come up with so um <clears throat> you know you're still can, compared to a lot of people you're still kind of uh new at this for lack of a better term but mm -hmm. do you do you think that uh as time goes on this might uh, become like a full-time thing or, you know, something, what, where do you, where do you see this going in the future? Like getting bigger or staying about the same? Well, um, my children are grown. They're pretty much grown now at 24 and 19. So <clears throat> that will give me some more time. Maybe I want to spend some more time working at shows or maybe, or training or teaching. You know, I would I enjoy teaching, so that maybe could come up in my future. And I definitely plan on keeping this through retirement. This will be extra income in retirement too. And one thing you said as we were talking that it really stuck out to me is you've the the place that you're at right now. You've done you've done no advertising, you know, no. and uh, just grown by word of mouth. So I would imagine that if if you wanted to you could uh, grow even more than you uh, to the point where you are right now well when you tell people it'll be a lot of weeks before they get their quilt back some of them will decide mm -hmm. well i can't wait quite that long you know mm -hmm. and that and that's fine because you know you only want to work the amount that you want to work mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. yeah yeah you yeah. can do it the way you want to yeah mm -hmm. That's that's what makes it so great. It's all up mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. um, the last question that I have for you is, uh, what advice would you give to somebody who <laughs> wants to wants to get started and do long arm quilting like you do? This is her dream. Oh my gosh! Just go for it. Just go for it. If it's your dream, just go for it. Do you mind? Uh, how long did you hem and haw over it before you decided, you know, you had the idea, you had the friend that already had the, the machine. Mm -hmm. Not, not very long. Um, as soon as I got my husband on board, it was pretty easy. <laughs> that was the key there. It really wasn't that hard because he saw how much I enjoyed it, you know, and mm -hmm. we had, we had a way to finance it, you know? Mm -hmm. so not very yeah. long. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, Cindy, that's, that's all the questions I have for you. Uh, the, this is a little bit of an unusual um, week because we normally do have two quilters to interview, but the other lady that we had lined up had a family medical thing that came up and, you know, family comes first, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, everything should work out fine there, but she's not able to be here tonight. Um, mm -hmm. We have about 20 more minutes uh, within the time period that we've allotted. And uh, we've had some questions come in. And of course, uh, if anybody joined late and is not aware, you can um, go down to the little uh, chat or Q&A at the bottom of your screen and type in a a question. But in the next 20 minutes that I have, I wanted to um, to address something that many times after the webinar or the feedback that we've received from viewers or listeners has been uh, that they, they're still trying to figure out the financial side, you know, where to find the money 
for mm -hmm. for getting a machine because they've they've kind of answered all the other questions they've they've looked into you know our service program to maintain the machines they've looked into our warranty they've looked into all of these different aspects the training the delivery how much room the machine is going to take up and really where they get stuck is I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to find the money. And Cindy, you mentioned one that um, used to be very popular and mm -hmm. it still is a good option for people, which is the home equity line of credit. Did mm -hmm. you do that with a local lender? Uh, no, ours was a large bank, but they had a mm -hmm. local office. Mm -hmm. Yep. And would you give me an idea how long from when you first called them to when they had the check in your hands was I've heard of people telling me that it can take a couple of months. Oh, no, <laughs> for me, it wasn't. No, we just did the paperwork. They may have done uh, some research <clears throat> on their end, but what we had was a, um, we opened a home equity line of credit. So like, it wasn't just, it really just wasn't for the machine. It was for whatever we wanted it to be. So we just wrote the check that I was going to say, I remember back in the old days, a home equity line of credit was basically just a little checkbook mm -hmm. that when you wrote a check, it added it to your mortgage or something. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's its own little account, but yeah. Yeah. But, so, and the one we currently have today, like the other one is, um, is done, but the one we have today is open line of credit. So we could, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. use that for whatever. Some of the other things that I've heard people uh, do, um, obviously, we have a couple of um, lending partners that we have used. Uh, one of them's newer, and one of them, I don't know how far back it goes, but when I first started as a Gamble dealer 10 years ago, uh, they were financing Gamble machines, and they're still doing it today. Mm -hmm. And um, they... Uh, uh, you know, I remember the, one of the questions that I asked, I was a brand new dealer mm -hmm. and I had come to the Gamble headquarters to get trained so that I would know everything that I needed to know. And it was a week of having stuff crammed into my head. And uh, the ladies from um, AFP, there was two of them that came to the training that I was at and they they explained all the good things. They said, you know, it doesn't hurt a person's credit. Um, they have to be using it for a business. We also have a, a different lender that we use when it's not a business uh, application. Um, mm -hmm. And they said um, they didn't they didn't need to take any collateral on anything. Just it was just basically the machine was the collateral. It all sounded real good. Um, mm -hmm. And then I asked. Though they got to this part where they said, if anybody's loan ever goes bad, we may ask you to go pick up the machine. And I shot my hand up and I said, so how often am I going to have to be the repo man? Because I've, I've seen on TV, uh, if guys have to go out and repo somebody's car, you know, uh, there, there can be a tussle. And I, I was like, man, I don't want to get into this. And, um, and they looked at each other and they said, well, we've had a couple voluntary uh, repossessions, but we've never had to, to, you know, have an argument with somebody about it. Well, that was 10 years ago. So now I have a lot of personal experience. Mm -hmm. I personally have picked up two people's machines over the years. Both of mm -hmm. them were voluntary. Um, and it was really interesting, you know, in thousands of people's homes that I've been in, their machine is a blessing in their life. And they're, they're often telling me things like, you know, this is the best thing I ever bought. You know, it, it really changed my life. And, but that wasn't how it was for these two that I picked up. For oh. these particular ladies, uh, their machine had become a burden. They had tried to start their business and it had not gone well. And I can tell you why it is. The the one was super obvious and everybody can connect to this, which mm -hmm. is that the lady and her husband uh, smoked like chimneys. And I did not know that they mm -hmm. were never seen without a cigarette in their hand until I got to their home to deliver the machine. And I imagine there were a lot of the ladies at the quilt guild that didn't want the quilt to come back smelling like smoke. And so 
Right. That lady, I picked up her machine. And the other one, uh, I it was similar when I walked into her house. Um, she had mm -hmm. a very, very bad smell from the dogs that she had in there. And uh, I thought, same thing. I was like, I hope it works for her, but only if she's got some real good friends at the at Guild. So anyway, I picked up both of those machines. I just checked in the in the in the period of time since Gamble switched over to direct sales instead of going through dealers. Now people can buy factory direct. We haven't had any uh, any repossessions, but it's good to know that you can always get out from under it. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um For some sure. of the other ways that people come up with the money um is um if there's something valuable that you own and in particular i'm thinking about rvs um things mm -hmm. with wheels or motors uh, like a boat or a nice car mm -hmm. if you don't have a loan on it if you own it outright uh but it has a vin number you know because cars have vin numbers uh, and you can go down to your local bank or credit union. And if they are offering, you know, 6.99% on auto loans or whatever, they can write a loan on your item that you own and they'll take the title, you know, and, uh, you convert that to, you know, you convert the, you convert it into payments because they don't know how to write your local credit union doesn't know how to write a loan for a quilting machine and they don't know what they would do if they had to repo it, you know? And so they're like, yeah, I don't know. We don't really lend on stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. if you We're have a, if you have an RV or something that you own, they can write you a loan on that in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're really specialized machines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, let's see anything else about the financing How? Oh, well, we did have one of the earlier podcast episodes where the lady had uh, said that she borrowed the money from her teenagers. Really? Yes. Wow. That would have worked when I was a teenager. If my parents wanted to borrow money from me, there wouldn't have been much to get. Not me either. <laughs> I had a job, didn't make much. <laughs> right. Well, I I worked a lot too as a teenager, but um, that all went to movies and candy and all the good things. Gas when I got my license. Yeah. 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 All right. I think one of the ladies last week just uh, went to her husband and said, I deserve a Statler. Mm. She said that. Mm -hmm. yep, that, that worked. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it all depends on the relationship. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yep. I have also spoken with a lot of people that um, had a family member help out. Um, the teenagers was a new one on me, but many times it's a, an aunt or an uncle, a parent, um, a sister, or even an in-law, uh, somebody who sees what your dream is and sees your commitment to it and wants wants to see that take life and um it's pretty cool when people care enough about you to help you achieve your dreams mm -hmm. oh yeah yep for sure all right well i am gonna go ahead oh hang on i've got one other one there's a couple questions that are in here that are a little tricky to answer and I want to acknowledge them. They mm -hmm. have to do with loans for woman-owned businesses, loans for veterans, um, small business loans. There are, um, there certainly are different programs. Um, I will say though that many times the idea of it and the promise of it is, mm -hmm. is pretty straightforward and, um, and uh, the number of people that actually pursue that and get all the paperwork done and do all the things that they would need to do is is small. But there are there's a lot of people actually that qualify for different uh, programs. And mm -hmm. if you have the um, endurance to uh, to go on all the different websites and to read about it and to print out the forms, 
there's actually a lot of opportunity there for people as well. Um, mm -hmm. It's certainly a lot easier to just use a financing, you know, company that's in that business, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's, if you really want to make it happen, uh, get a hold of one of us at Gamel and we'll, we'll give you advice based on your personal situation. So, well, that's all we have for tonight. Cindy, thank you so much for sharing your experience. Um, I would invite everybody to go ahead and, and come back uh, next week. We'll be here uh, uh, Tuesday night and we've got a pretty full slate of people scheduled through the whole rest of the year and into next year. Um, so we have a, a lot more interviews that we're going to be doing. And if you would like, I would also invite you to figure out how podcasting works. So there's an app that you can download on your phone. Um, in, um, in On all platforms, there is Spotify. And mm -hmm. then there's Apple Music for the iPhone people. Um, no, no, not Apple Music. It's Apple Podcasts. And then there's another one on the Android side called uh, Google Podcasts. And um, I use a special podcasting app because when you go in and look, and if you listen to podcasts all the time, you'll find that there's a plethora of different podcasting apps that have all kinds of different features. But you can just go to, to Apple Podcasts or to um, Google Podcasts or to Spotify and search up um, Quilting Business Success and hit mm -hmm. the subscribe button. Mm -hmm. And what that'll do is that'll download each episode as it's released right onto your phone. You won't have the video, but you can listen to the episode. And we do sometimes trim it up just a little bit to take off a little bit of the beginning and the end and any fluff in the middle. But I would encourage you to sign up for that and uh, enjoy each episode as it comes out. Um, it is an opportunity for you to, um, you know, to kind of grab the bull by the horns and uh, live this life as an adventure. Mm -hmm. So thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. All right. Thank, thank you, Cindy, you. for joining us. Thanks for having me. Have mm -hmm. a great night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?